This is a conversation with Mo Flo. He's a singer-songwriter, rapper, entrepreneur, and producer. Apart from being one of the most famous local UAE artists, he's also collaborated with Pusha T for the record Options on Spotify. In this conversation, we discuss the rap and hip-hop scene in the Middle East, his process behind creating music, working with Pusha T, growing up in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and Syria. This is no time. If you like what you see, then do hit subscribe on YouTube. I don't know why you haven't done it yet. The people who don't do it are going to get long, angry emails from me. I said what I said. If not on YouTube, then you can also follow this channel on Spotify or rate five stars on Apple Podcasts. We are nearly 30 episodes in and I've been doing all the work, the shooting, the video editing, the sound editing and the interviews itself, which kind of really explains the average quality. Once a disappointment, always a disappointment. So if you'd like to see me improve the quality, then do consider making a donation on Patreon. Thank you to the people who continue to do so. And the more donations you can give, I can hopefully get better equipment and also hire minions to do the work for me. That's a good message, I hope. For other forms of love and support, you can follow this channel on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, wherever you like, or follow me personally. And now, this summer, it's no time. Tupac once said, I got love for my brother, but we can't go nowhere unless we share with each other. You got into music because you wanted to impress your elder brother, AOI, and, and his friends as well. And then along the way, you discover that you really like music yourself, and this is something you want to do in your life. How much of your life has actually been influenced by this chance event that you were the younger of two brothers? Do you think you would have been into music and would you have the same drive, the same fire if you were not the younger brother, maybe if you were the elder brother, if you had no brother at all? Interesting to, interesting question. I think, I was thinking about this the other day. I think I might not have been into music, sadly. I might have been into basketball. I might have been a whole different person because... Um, yeah, it was a pro, it was, I don't remember anything before that. I was, uh, running with my friends in the street, smoking cigarettes. I didn't have no passion, nothing. Um, so yeah, I think, no, I, I wouldn't be in the music. I wouldn't even be, I think my brother's personality, his drive, his just straight up wanting to do things, uh, without caring, you know, what other people thought uh shaped my entire like life in general because even in business and in, in, in multiple things i um i follow his uh, enthusiasm and his intensity he's a very intense dude um so yeah like i know it's crazy because i feel like he paved the way for me and even he uh, facilitated the quality that nobody else had at the time like when we were wh wh where we were doing what we were doing nobody had the same quality that we could uh, uh pump out because simply he didn't accept below that like it was all his drive his research his night like sleepless nights just mixing the same song for 20 hours you know so uh yeah short answer not at all <laughs> i wouldn't be into music i wouldn't be this motivated we don't like short answers on the show, so you can keep them as long as you like. And I find that such a it's such a I don't know powerful idea that so, so so much of your life has been influenced by the fact that you had an elder brother who was into this. And even when I look back, when I had an elder brother, and mostly because of the age difference, he was bigger than me and smarter than me, and obviously funnier than me. <laughs> and because of that, I always wanted to be funnier than him and smarter than him. So I got this drive within me to try and entertain people or just do well at studies itself. 
looking back i mean the brothers the the role that they play in your life i feel like it's very underappreciated because mm. he's the first role model you have or the first benchmark you set because parents obviously parents but your brothers like someone your level someone you can beat but also achievable like, exactly yeah. whatever you see him do is like oh that i can do that i just need a couple oh the, this the difference of years between me and you i just need that and then i can do whatever you're doing and maybe yeah. do it better so yeah of course it's it's the yeah it's the first thing you get to look up to um but also there's a level of your older brother always doesn't want you around as a kid yeah you know what i mean like it's not cool it's just like that like i don't want to take like my mom is like take your brother with you and then brothers like i don't want to so you also there's that level of wanting to be accepted so yeah. you probably with the right motivation and with a positive reinforcement you know if your brother's doing something positive like boxing and you you as a younger brother want to impress him you're going to box harder than you've ever boxed before so there's that motivation is i think also a crazy motivator you know what i mean yeah, yeah. did you guys fight yeah but uh, um it's crazy because <clears throat> when we fought it was as younger kids, younger kids it yeah. was stupid like yeah. it was just me i was a very rebellious and didn't want to listen kind of kid like i was I, i was very set in my ways extremely stubborn and if i don't like something i'm ruining five days of my life <laughs> and if i'm being yeah. stubborn and sad and don't want to talk to anybody five days i was that kid so we used to fight about that a lot but personally as a, as a as a man like as the minute i decided to step up my communication skills with my family just be like a regular human being you know <laughs> and stop being so stubborn all the time and and try to remove my ego from things things started getting better even between me and my brother and stuff like that so it was mostly me just being a kid when we were fighting you know wrestling punching yeah. no no not at all because <laughs> my, my father and my mom they're very like emotional caretaking kind of people so none of that no a violence this is a wrestling match with me and my brother <laughs> and i read this joke that said that brothers only wrestle each other because they want an excuse to hug each other and and, <laughs> and i was like this guy clearly does not have a brother because <laughs> i can't relate yeah <laughs> that definitely wasn't the scenario okay so let's Talk a bit more about your journey. You were born in Damascus, Syria, and raised in Saudi. What is your current connection with both Syria and Palestine? Uh, because I obviously you were raised in Saudi. You moved when you were quite young, yes. but your parents still might have a very strong cultural connection with them. So, how do you view these countries? Do they have? Do are there still some form of cultural root in your life, or do you have a sense of detachment because you've never stayed there, never really resonated with them? Um. There's a sense of detachment obviously because I just don't live it and don't really know it too much. I've been there a few times to Syria. I've never been to Palestine and I can't obviously go. Um but it's a, it's a, it's a weird like thing and and for a long time we were programmed to believe like not being more westernized is all the positive things and being more Arab is is all the negative things and it's just uh It, it was a mistake on our part where our parents and our elder generation especially people who i mean most of us were financially struggling and your parents don't really have time to really instill that too much pride into you it's a lot of like let's get out there and 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 make something out of our lives you know so we didn't really have that cultural reinforcement i would i would call it so <clears throat> i missed a lot out a lot on that um i did not appreciate my culture a lot growing up but um i feel a huge sense of connection to my culture and growing up i started learning so much about our music our poetry our art our our heritage our architecture our medicine our books like all these things that that 
is unbelievable to me because again we weren't taught these things in the books we were taught about christopher columbus but yeah. what about you know al khawarizmi so it was it was a it was a it was a sad moment figuring out all these things learning about whether it's muslim history or any other religion in in our region you know whether it's asia or middle east so growing up now i'm starting to connect a lot more um but it's sad because i just feel like even even the, the the culture itself has just been translated into food you know and like just very uh superficial things yeah. nowadays so it's 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 a renaissance of 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 artists that are bringing that back that's starting to uh, ignite my like interest in it before it was all older generations speaking to us about our culture and nowadays i just see a lot of people that i can relate to 28 30 whatever years old talking to us in our new younger language about our her- heritage and culture so it's getting to a point where i think people of my generation are understanding where they came from um and and we're establishing more and more uh, roots so for me even i'm starting to include my culture more in my music so look looking into my next piece of music i'm definitely going to have arab samples they can sue me they can do whatever they have to do and we'll we'll talk about it then but i need to put some of my arab culture into my music um in terms of saudi arabia saudi was i think more of an influence to me growing up than than any other place um it was i mean i know dubai is a melting pot but saudi is i think more so even because um i don't know i feel like there's a wider variety of 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 not just cultures but classes that you you get to come across you know um you get to see everything from like from the dirt all the way to you know uh uh very comfortable or very you know legacy driven families you get to meet everybody so yeah. saudi put a print on who i am and and uh, i love it man i i just feel like it gave me the space where it was such a calm place to live in to focus on things that i loved ie basketball or music you know so um saudi would be a huge like stepping stone for me coming out of you know the middle east basically a lot of interesting things to explore there yeah when you were talking about syria i just remember shivani who i had on the show she's from iraq mm-hmm. and she had mentioned this very powerful line when she said that iraq is the home that i miss but i don't know what i miss and i could also resonate with her because i've also grown up in the middle east but i'm originally from india but i've never stayed there and i have this certain disconnect with the culture obviously i have the benefit of being able to go back whenever mm. i can uh, both you and shivani don't even have that option so i can resonate to an extent but it's a very powerful statement it's a, it's a kind of feeling that's not spoken about much these is but now with the new generation they are speaking out about it because we are children of immigrants it's a very deep statement like even that that itself is like you not even being able to know your own culture where you come from like having that one tree that you said like that's where my parents used to rest up after they get t- you know what i mean we don't have that so yeah it's it's a sad and 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 like melancholy statement to make even you know a home you missed that you don't even know yeah deep and you mentioned saudi so you've described your childhood in the past as very nomadic and yeah. you've said because you did not have a base in life you found a base in music So once again going back to things that influence you just like your elder brother do you think once again getting to music was also influenced by this chance event that your parents moved around a bit 
maybe if you had stayed in an area had a consistent network maybe friends maybe you not had got the opportunity to really discover yourself what you like and what you enjoy would you have been would it have been a completely different path you would have set out or if you you didn't have this nomadic lifestyle um i feel like the nomadic lifestyle kind of was mostly when we were very young and and it kind of came down to a calm uh, resting like place in in jeddah and saudi between for me it was between 5th and 12th grade that's 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 a good 5 uh, that's a good 6 7 years so i think those were the, the the years that shaped my life and actually me not being in jeddah the whole time might have taken away from that cuz see what happened Fifth grade for me, which means I had three more years in Jeddah while Aham was there. So that those were the years that Aham formed his first group, Microphone, with the MYK. I love that still exists. <laughs> But um, that's when Aham formed his first network, found his first studio. Like that's where the first network of music-related people came from. When he left, when I was in, um, I think eighth grade, that's when I started linking up with all of his network. and started talking to a person for example called Samir Kredie which was he owned something called Go Productions which is a, a, a very sizable studio and a man who's who makes his bread and butter off of production events and recording like esteemed artists was letting a kid of of like what 14 year, year old 14 year old kid to use a studio that's like you know hundreds of thousands of dirhams studio and was like believed in us from day one so No, Jeddah was an extremely important place. If I if I had moved after fifth grade from there, yeah, I might have not even been able to to make music the way I wanted because Aham wasn't a consistent part of my life. Remember that was when I was still trying to figure out how to be any kind of artist and send Aham a record for him to say, "Oh shit, I like you," you know, or oh, "You can make music," you know. So um, that that was a very important place to be at that moment. A lot of cultural influences uh, in your life and in your journey. in the past you had described jeddah as a place back then at least where there was not much to do i don't know if you look back on it differently now but is that a good place for an artist to be because you won't have that many distractions and you can really discover what you like and your work and you can explore your art a bit more or is a place like dubai more favorable because even though things just keep happening around here but you also get exposed to different experiences people and create memories and that can inspire your work and i say this because in your very recent interview you had mentioned that the quarantine during the pandemic really showed you that these barriers creative people put on themselves yeah. for being able to create their work don't really exist yeah. so in the past you might have felt that oh to be able to create music i need to be able to go out maybe to get a good amount of me time or something of that sort but now you've discovered even while just being locked up in your room you can create good music and there's no such a barrier that exists yeah uh, so there's i feel like both of them exist because at the end of the day if i if i'm in saudi um there's a there's a certain kind of uh community i think of creatives for me personally that i'll be working with that would help me a lot it's about environment as well but uh, also now maybe after that interview well a while after that interview i have that same network here so i kind of have built so for a long time living here between 2010 and let's say 2015 16 maybe i didn't feel like dubai was home for me and i wasn't sure if i would stay and i feel like everyone has that little but for me i'm so like i'm in, i'm i was very in tune with that so even when i had you know interviews and stuff you could tell that i felt like saudi was still home but i feel like now i mean especially now two years that i haven't even touched saudi for 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 covid purposes i feel like now i can relate to being 
like Dubai being home a lot more. So I feel like. Sorry, can you just stop there? Yeah. What changed? What changed? Yeah, what do you think changed? Uh, I, f- I don't know. I just feel like as well. Um, I made a I made a lot of moves in Dubai that showed me that what I was longing for uh, uh, exists. So f- maybe I felt like Jeddah was home because I was connecting to more people as an artist, for example, in Saudi than I was here. But there was a shift at some point where I I started getting the love that I felt like I I, I needed to even feel motivated to do things. That's when the wavy parties popped up. That's when all my launch like I started investing money in an album launch with confidence like I'm gonna sell tickets to get my money back at least you know so that changed where I felt like now I have a community here that I can rely on I feel like I belong you know what I mean the artists the the, the you know creatives in town recognize and I feel like every every artist wants that you know coming up so yeah I feel like that kind of changed but being in Saudi would still be a very cool place for me to make an album I would love to go and Spend maybe a couple of weeks in my friend's beach house somewhere and just like, you know, and, and make something happen. But I feel like both vibes could um, it, like, how's it called? Like incubate different kinds of music. Here I would make more, maybe more energy driven music. But if I'm in Saudi, I might make relaxed and R&B vibes. I would, I would, I would feel like it's a slower life. You know what I mean? You're living in a, at a slower pace, so you'll probably... Uh, translate that into the music do you have a preference do you prefer the slow life or the energetic life i prefer b- both so for me i like to i like to balance so i do i do live a very fast-paced life in general i put too much on my plate to see how much more i can handle so um i crave the relaxed times i take vacations not to party or to go crazy i just want to chill like, i just want to be somewhere with nothing you know yeah. So um, I do crave the relaxed times, but I get bored extremely quickly. Like me and Aham will travel to relax. And one time we were in Malaysia in an island with one restaurant. Like you can imagine how chill that's going to be, right? And we're the only people probably that ever got into this island that <laughs> had a whole studio together in a whole suitcase. Like we brought a, a screen <laughs> and we were blasting music and getting complaints. So um, we can't not be busy. It's like a balance of, us wanting to relax but then as soon as we relax for a couple hours we're like we got to get something going now you know especially yeah. when me and Aham are together yeah <laughs> interesting you uh we did touch upon a bit of a comparison between Dubai and Jeddah and Saudi in general so I'm going to ask you the most controversial question of this interview are you ready for it go do you prefer Al-Baik in Saudi or Dubai's KFC come on man Al-Baik no. Oh, not, not a question about not it. even you can't even compete with a big you can try but you're gonna fail ouch shots are being fired mm. what is it about albeg that makes it so good because i've heard dubai's kfc is apparently one of the best in the world even people who really? come from the u.s uh friends who come from india as well they say it doesn't even compare like that's you. interesting to know that's yeah. crazy i never heard that i never personally heard that um why do you think Albeq ingredients plus the team? If you make an order, have you ever been to Albeq? I haven't been to Saudi. Yeah. If you just watch the team working, because it's an open kitchen style restaurant, they're they're crazy. The the sink, the 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 way they work together. I feel like also they when when they open from prayer, bro. There are fifty people at the door at any given branch. There isn't, you can pick a branch blindfolded and say, <laughs> we're going to go here after Al-Asr. 
We go there after Asr prayer, 50 people outside. I'll be like, and we don't understand cues in Saudi, so we still like just bombard the store. And they handle it, you know? So I feel like team and ingredients for sure. And it's a, it's like a family, it's a Palestinian family that, that owns the business and runs the business. So I feel like these guys uh, put their soul into it, you know? Albeik is the winner, according to Moflo. So comments need to start pouring in. Um, let's let's start the debate. Don't at me. <laughs> Don't at me. Okay, let's talk a bit about your music. In the past, you mentioned that you're not a huge fan of watching music videos and you prefer your favorite form of consuming music is in your car, bopping to the music. Yeah. Do you think that influences the music you create as well? Do you especially create music that might be a good driving experience for someone, but not necessarily something that may be a good watching experience or a dancing experience? Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like I've always made music you can listen to in the car or you probably should listen to in the car. Um, it does influence how I make my music. And I rarely, that's why I rarely make extremely up music is because uh, I'm very inspired by what I listen to. But it's also now, uh, you know, bringing this kind of topic up of what inspires me to make the music. This year, I have started to think about how I can direct my creativity instead of just allowing it to flow. Like, great. I, I used to always like, it's honestly, it's like you have, it's like having another personality. I'm Mo, I'm Wilhelm, and this is, and Mo doesn't speak. He's like, just, he's, he's just, you know, mute right now. And we're going to play beats. And we play beats, we play beats, we play different, hundred different beats. And when Mo decides that he's, this is the one, he's going to come up with something. Something's going to come through. And then I have to just let it flow as peacefully and, and, and try to not interrupt it. Right, because I'm always afraid of blocking it, stopping it. That was how I my creative process was always, and I've never, I've never, I've never explained it this way. But I'm just trying to kind of relate it to you, and and it's it's interesting that I'm I'm saying it this way. And and now, and recently, I feel like I want to have a discussion with this other, you know, personality and tell them, listen, we're doing this, and this is the beat, and this is how it's going to sound like, and we have to create it now, and it's not not negotiable. You know what I mean? Like I want to do direct my creativity where I need it to be from also a business mindset if needed. But I've been lacking in that because I always wanted it to be such a free-flowing energy kind of thing. So now I'm going through that transition where I don't care what has inspired me too much. I know what my ability is, what I can do, and I probably know what I need to do in this moment in my career, and I need to get it done. You know, And it's a new phase of my creative life where I need to do that. Yeah, I can imagine because... Most artists talk about getting into this flow state or getting into this zone where they don't know what's really, uh, where it's coming from. Yeah, and they, a lot of them talk about going to this trance state. And in the past, you had psychedelic rock and psychedelic music where people were not conscious at all, but they were creating such amazing music. Beatles is the biggest example of that. Yeah. And they've said that the moment it strikes you, you have to be in the right position to catch it. And you obviously need to have the tools. Doesn't doesn't mean that you anyone can do it. Yeah. Not like I'm just sitting and I can write the same songs that you write. Yeah. I need to have the tools to catch it at the right moment and put it down. But yeah. they prefer that style rather than just putting three hours every day writing music and then maybe something good comes out of it. Then again, writing three hours tomorrow. Then again, the whole week. But I feel like learning and 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 speaking to a few very uh, like like great songwriters that have unbelievable credits. It's not that that is for the artist that is the writer as well. Now, when you talk to songwriters that are nobodies, 
They're nobodies, man. They're married with kids. They play ping pong on the weekends. They don't, they're not cool. They don't need to be at the yacht party. They don't need the bling. They're unknown people who write hit records. These guys don't at all need, I don't think that they need to be in a flow. This is their job. They make demos and they say, this is the vibe today. Today we're going for a party vibe and they can make sure that they channel the right energy through. It has to be productive at the end of the day. Yes, you want to be this artist with a whole thing and like, yeah, I let it. Yes, great. But at the end of the day, this is a product that you need to produce. You need to make this album. You, you know, you can't be an artist. Well, for two years, man, it didn't flow through me. Well, really now you got to find the battery now. You got to put the battery in your back. What is it? Is it a month trip? What is it? Is it, you know, figure it out. Is it taking up boxing? So for me, going to the gym now again, for example, or for the first time in my adult life, actually committing to the gym and losing weight and da 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 it's it's changed my <clears throat> energy as a human so that's going to help me create hopefully so you got to actually try to take it into your own hands you can't just let it flow like that i think it's too random for you to really be nowadays especially you can't be successful when you're just like that you know you have to be productive about it cuz i know artists that are crazy talented but they don't produce enough and they feel it. They know that they can't just go, you know, too artistic on them. You have to be accessible and you have to release shit. So when you talk about speaking with Mo and bringing him under control, is there a risk of, in a way, stopping that creative flow and maybe uh, railroading it a bit too much or boxing it and really not letting it express itself? Yeah, basically, it's it's worrying about. It's just worrying about maybe the the, the uh, people's judgment or worrying about um, is this me? Like, is this something that I'm, like, at the end of the day, forgetting that I'm writing this song and it has maybe it's not my song. Maybe it's some other dude. Maybe I end up sending it somewhere. Like, relax. Just write the song. Write what's right for the song instead of th overthinking it. So yeah. The minute you start thinking too too much about things, it's like you're being counterproductive. So creating what people might like instead of what you want to create. Yeah, hundred percent. Or or trying to you know always worrying about what people like are people not gonna like like sometimes the like I was just saying this to to the boys the other day I was recording with uh, my friends Beruz and Travis uh, in my mixed feelings and and I was saying the lamest line most probably becomes the most repeated line. Like, I only do my bed and my mom. Yeah. Like, that's that's lame, right? But it's like the funny kind of like, you know, line that works. So um, sometimes you just have to have enough confidence in yourself to say whatever you want, you know. And and starting to think too hard is, is not the right move, in my opinion. This ties in perfectly to the next question, which is, would you rather create the best music or the greatest song in the world and have no one else listen to it? But you would have no. to write. No. No, I'll just stop you right there. No. You don't. <laughs> I want my music to be heard by the most amount of people in the world. That's my whole thing. Like, I'm a, I'm a guy who could have been a refugee. I could have been on the streets. I could have been dead, honestly. Could have been gone, right? So I just want my voice to be heard as far and wide as possible. Because where I came from, nobody that came from where I came from is doing what I'm doing. And I, I, I was born... Or I, in a refugee camp in my own country I'll break like that's how deep I am a citizen yet I was born in a refugee camp for what reason I will I don't even know <laughs> right so 
that's how deep it goes. Like I, we came out of literally nothing and then we watched people on TV and then I made a song with one of those guys. And then I toured in one of those countries where they didn't want to give me a visa at one point. So for me, it's like the further, the further I can reach from the point of origin, that is the goal. So I would rather not have anything be restricted to, to only me. I, I want my art to be heard everywhere as possible. This is a story that deserves to be heard across the world. <laughs> One more thing I want to touch upon. In the past, you mentioned, I'm not sure what the latest numbers are, but in the past, it, most of your listens used to come from cities like Los Angeles and Montreal. Mm. And a lower percentage used to come from within this region itself. Nuts that you say this, because subhanAllah, I don't even know what happened. But literally the last two months, my top cities are, I'm, I'm looking right now, for example, on a Spotify. Mm, 5k from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. There we go. 4.9 Riyadh, and then Buffalo, Chicago, and Dallas coming in three, four, and the five. perfect mix of cities. <laughs> so <laughs> recently, Saudi, I don't know what's been happening, but Saudi is coming up on the list for the past maybe two months. They're discovering more flow. That's what's yeah. happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when I, when on SoundCloud days, I used to have most of my plays come from Saudi and and Bahrain and Qatar and stuff, but um. Yeah, it shifted, but I feel like, again, see, there's a resurgence of people starting to care about our voice and who's this guy? Oh, even if he's not Saudi, he grew up here. So now we like rappers that respect me from Saudi for the simple fact that I grew up on the same streets that they grew up, you know, and it's like a sense of pride that we take now. Yeah. And I love that. Back in that phase when you were getting more views outside of this region, yeah, you had mentioned maybe because a lot of people had reached out to you and said that, why didn't you sing in Arabic? For and, sure. And you had said that you would love to if you were a lot more comfortable in singing in Arabic. Do you think at, maybe at that phase, maybe not now, did you ever feel like an outsider within this region? Because it felt like being an Arab artist but not singing in Arabic means that that niche is not yet created, that market segment is not there at that point? Um, yeah, I mean... To be honest with you, there was some it's a weird thing that happened. So we were looked down upon just for the fact of hip hop, actually. Forgetting whether it's English or, or Arabic, Arab, hip hop, yo, yo, wannabe, whatever, all these, you know, preconceived notions that are very ignorant. And then it became, okay, there was a certain level of respect. And now I feel like more than ever, it's like, yo, man, you're Arab, you gotta sing in your language. And you see now, People who speak, you know, just a couple Arab words, boom, it goes, it goes wild. So it is, it is more of the time now to, to, to go back into your culture, you know. But I feel like for me, I didn't have, I didn't see anyone doing it in Arabic that made me want to do it like that. Because as well, you know, having a role model is important. Like I had, for example, I, I looked up to Umar Afendim, for example, but Honestly, I love you, Omar, man. I hope if, if you're watching this. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he dropped an album, Syrian Americana. And I kept, I was waiting for the continuation of his journey in terms of being an artist. And I was so tuned in, but I just feel like he, he didn't release more records that I, I was hungry to hear. Like I was hungry to understand how he would like, because that's the way I think. I always listen to artists and I'm like, I wonder how is he going to sound in two, three years? Like, I found Kendrick, Overly Dedicated was the album that was out. I found, you know, Joey Badass, uh, you know, I found Vic Mensa. Like, all these artists, I, f I, I found out about them a minute before. Like, J. Cole, Anas Arabi sent me the warm-up 
way before anything. 2009, he sent me the warm-up. Uh, 2010, he sent me the warm-up. So, and I'm always thinking, how are they going to sound like? So it was for someone who's Syrian, like, like that's my guy. Like, I was waiting. How are you going to age in, in hip-hop? How are you going to rap a certain way? And I felt like, honestly, thinking about those what-if conversations, if Omar had, had released multiple albums after that, I might have been a, I might have been influenced differently by music, but then again, I was so influenced by American music. I was so Im- impressed with that and the sound and the beats and the music and that identity. So I would never like regret not making music in English because I feel like that gave me the quality that I that I needed, or that gave me the motivation to have the quality that I needed. But now I'm more than ever open to uh, involving Arabic into my music. But again, for me, and, and, I, and I would hope that when you would listen to my catalog, you would feel that, that I would not ever want to release any record that I wouldn't be proud of in 20 years. I don't want to release any song that I wouldn't want my daughter to hear or my son to hear or my grand, grandfather, you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of music, that that's the kind of, commitment that I have to my legacy is that I never want to be the artist that looks 10 years like, shh. You Can know? they put pressure on yourself? Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, you, ha- like, you have to take, take, like, if Van Gogh can do it and if Picasso can do it, if, if, if whoever can do it, I can do it, you know, and I can curate art that I am very proud of. And I still have songs that I feel like I'm not too proud of and that's just, I th- feel like it's also preference, but I always want to, never make music just for this moment because oh this moment this is gonna pop let's do this house whatever what no i don't i never want to do that that goes against uh why i make music you know i want something that's timeless and if i want to touch on a vibe i want to make sure that i touch it the right way and in an authentic way i bring if i'm touching afro beats i want to bring someone that does that and and i want to ask them how how should we do it better so it's authenticity and timelessness in music is more important than the moment being big in the moment you know so if i'm going to write arabic music i'm going to bring an arabic writer to help me right and to to tell me how it needs to be done so corniness cannot be a a a possibility in 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 the the records that we put up can't just randomly throw arabic words in there Yeah, Habibi, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> like, I mean, Ram Riddles, man. I don't know if you're watching this because I don't know if if, if you if you fuck with the region like that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, might Wait, are you gonna start a beef? Then no, he, no, no. Then he's probably not watching. The record was not great. The homies were posting it, but it wasn't great. Like it was just for the moment, and he knows that. Like he's a good enough artist to know. Okay, he's I don't not want a bad any hate mail, yeah. No man, no emails. Uh, he, he's no. he's more gonna make fun of us and then succeed. He's probably, if he makes fun of us, he's funny as hell. <laughs> you know, people gonna laugh, laugh at us. Believe me. But what I'm saying is the record was not it, but it was for the moment. You know. You, you may say this, but there's a diss track coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm, I'm ready. You mentioned quite a few interesting points that I wanted to touch upon when you were talking about you want to track the growth of an artist over two or three years. And this is your quote, and I'm going to quote you word for word. You said, "When business intertwines with music, you kind of lose that fire." And you were talking in reference to J. Cole and Logic, and about how people talk about them being better when they won the mixtapes, and then when they became big, then suddenly it feels like the music's not the same, or it just doesn't connect the same way. Do you think the idea of success and the idea of power, money, and you can speak to this because you've also now gotten. quite famous over time you've seen the growth throughout the years do you think that idea itself inevitably makes you lose some perspective gets you detached from the reason you were creating music mm. yeah i mean that's the thing 
if you start creating the art in, with the dollars sign in mind, it, it does ruin your your creative process. And also, the artists like that made a huge mixtape. They got that deal. And that's why we see, and actually, you know, some people, it's their sophomore album, and some people, it's their, it's their freshman album. It's their first release. It's their debut, right? Yeah. Like, for me, Drake never had that because he had a team of producers with him he had his his team was there so they never lost sight of who this guy is but for example j cole had to suffer through the sideline story which is in my opinion his worst project is because he had just gotten a deal and he did a record called mr nice watch that's not j cole that's not what he does right so uh it just having people in your ear and like, yo, we got to make these artists back. Or, yo, we got a tour and whatever. So we got to make the record for Nigeria. Or we got to make the, you know, like you start thinking that way. And it's a possibility you're going to ruin the, the the art behind it. You know, that's why for me, I mean, I think I've lost money on all my albums. But Mo Flo, the person has made it back in terms of who I became during the process of making those albums. My music was my lost leader. I, I lost all my money on my music and the actual song. And the video and whatever but i made it back somehow right and that's the thing like if i started thinking like i'm gonna make the hit bro i can make us a, a song tomorrow and 20 in less than 24 hours beat mix it master it, write it hit song million views in two hours i could do it it's not hard it's all about me going out and doing everything that i know will pop doing like that guy who did the record what's his name the guy like whatever whatever the saudi guy barry or whatever i think his name bro it's a meme song i know despacito which i thought despacito is hard to make there's art in that right don't ever talk about justin bieber to me like he doesn't deserve everything he has like people do that and that's that's not right but i mean like that guy for example also no disrespect my man the record is a meme song i can make that in two hours it's easy but is that what you know, is that why I make music? Is that what I want to be famous for? No. I don't ever want anyone to walk up at the mall at me and talk to me about some meme. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to be respected as an artist 10, 20 years from now. So the business and the music sometimes could be very, very toxic. I feel like make the music, make the whole art with only purity and your, your, your own, you know, love for the art in mind. And after that, figure out how you can monetize that art. Um, it might not be, you know, like Frank Ocean might have lost money on Nostalgia Ultra because he didn't own a lot of those music pieces. But that is why he became who he was. That's how he secured the next $10 million deal. So lose sometimes on the art, but you will win somewhere else like because of that art, which is it's a crazy concept, right? Because you never tell someone, build the business Spend a million on the business, lose that money on the business. You're gonna make it elsewhere. He's like, what? Why did I have to make the business? But you know, the music is the essence of, of of the artist, and then the money will come. There's a lot of ways to make the money. If you had to reinvent yourself today, do you think you would be in the same genre? And I hate to say genre because I feel like you've transitioned as well. You started in rap, yeah, and then you now moved into more of an R and B, and now I feel like you don't even define yourself within the genre. It's just singer songwriter, right? Yeah. So do you think yeah. if you had, if you just completely delete all existence that you have from the past, even though you said you're quite proud of that growth that you've seen yeah. from your first track to now, if you remove that all and you start today, do you think you would be an R&B singer, you'd be in rap again, where would you be? 
No, I would always want to be like I I would I would always want to be in that lucid state between singing and rapping. Like I would I would definitely be there because that's what gives me goosebumps. Like not no no jazz, no blue, no techno, none of that. No EDM. Like it, it's hip hop and R&B music is what I would graf- gravitate towards. I might not rap if I didn't have that experience with Run Junction and, and I thought it'd be Tim Granite, Vision, Magic. If I didn't have that, you know, growing up, then I might only be singing, but I would always gravitate towards like throwing bars and trying to rap or trying to do Tory Lane stuff, you know, singy, rappy stuff. But yeah, I definitely feel like I would always fall back into that. Yeah. You mentioned it gives you goosebumps. So let's say it's 3 a.m. in the night, you're in the car, empty roads. Maybe it's got a nice little Dubai fog. Let's say it's a winter night in Dubai mm. and it's just you and your friends in the car. Mm-hmm. What's one song that will always give you goosebumps? Or maybe three. Up to you. Uh, uh, oh, there's a song called Tell Me by They featuring Vic Mensa. That's a guaranteed record. Um, yeah, I'm rude. No, that, no, let me let me dig into because look, I'm a where's my phone? Yeah, I'm a I'm, my playlist, man. They go hard. People sleep on my playlist. <laughs> I make playlists on Spotify under Harmony. Public announcement, guys. Please don't sleep on most of those playlists. Oof. Um, wow. Gives you goosebumps is a strong one, though, you know? Yeah. Maybe because I know you grew up on 90s R&B, so mm. is there one 90s track? 90s R&B is like, I feel like I, fought, I, I love mm. 90s R&B as a feeling and as like a warmth and, and like a... As a vibe. As like a music profile than I do as the records. Like, I love the records, but for me, I love brightly p- mixed stuff. So like everything in the in the, in the old days was damp, yeah. like the way it was mixed. So like I love Aaliyah, but I love now when SZA does the Aaliyah vibe and SZA's our new Aaliyah, like in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, I feel like I like the feel of it and I like when people bring it back actually more than I like the actual 90s records. Like I love when Tori took, took some of that and brought it back and made it a whole different vibe, you know? Um, I'm gonna get back to you on the on the records, man. I have some, but Tank has a record called For Mine, one of the craziest records. Are, like, there's no drums on that song; it's piano and his beautiful, amazing vocals, and he kills that. And then there's a song, um, oof, the the beach. I think the beach by Giveon. Mm. This is on. It's a public playlist on Spotify. Yeah. So uh, Harmony is the is the profile yeah. that I make my my playlist under. Future sounds, relax, and dirty soul. Three of those. You have one new follower Let's minimum. Do. That's me itself. Let's do it. Okay. So one day you got a random email with no signature, <laughs> yeah. and the guy was like, "Do you want to collaborate?" Found out it's a project for Spotify. One day before you were about to record, you found that the artist is recording, collaborating with this Pusha T. No one else. And you started working on this record for two or three days. I think it was called Kelani. Mm-hmm. And Pusha D walks in, says, I want to work on the record options. Right? Yeah. And it was called Drunk Driving at the time. But Drunk yes, Driving. That was the one. So you're going through this whirlwind of a week. Yeah. And you didn't get time to process it. And many interviews later, you said that at that moment, you were just, it was, everything was just happening. And you're just yeah. going with the flow. Mo is going with the flow. Now, looking back, what was that experience like? What were you going through at that point? What is it working like with Pusha T? Um, it was a humbling experience, man. That's pretty much it. Like, just being... Because, again, like, we lack the respect for art artists out here. So, like, going... 
being respected whatever a thousand miles away from home was wild to me having on my own runner just to having my name on the stool like this is moflo's room and you know just the, the the amount of love that people had for artists and creatives out there was was the wildest part of my experience uh understanding how amazing it is being in a room full of writers and producers and just sharing ideas man it was it was an eye-opening experience and it was like one of like the biggest motivators for me it made me love you know things and made me learn things like okay this is how so this woman i came back from that spotify situation that's why i learned okay if i want to write a hit record or even let's like i i'll speak about that later but like, yeah. you put a room together you have to put people together and you can't make the song by yourself like no big song is made by yourself so um it was just a it was just um a thing that was like okay now you have to step up to the like step up to the plate with your artistry it's like oh felt like i was chosen kind of thing right so that experience made me feel like we're like proud of who we are like again people coming from where we came from me and aham made the whole record anyways you know we brought the song with two verses push it he picked it writers in the room who had written for Bruno Mars etc huge people producers who who worked with A-listers you know we're saying so what we got to do is add a tiny bit of guitar here yeah. that the thought of that is wild to me that they didn't go okay let's change the whole whatever what no 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 what Aham did the Syrian guy who came who has nothing to do with this culture came through yeah. this is okay for everybody we're going to add on it you know so it was a very beautiful experience for us and it gave us like pr- pride in who we are and it's it uh, i feel like it was a huge push for aham also where he felt like down like we have something here so we put a we set a whole new standard to ourselves after that experience so did you have this moment where you just felt like how did i get here i'm more and look at this is pushity right mm. there mm. uh yeah i mean I, I honestly i didn't get the, the minute to do that like yeah. i i think in the hotel like i was on the phone with majid and and we were picking what to do and and what records to send when we found out and yeah i don't know man i feel like you don't really have the time to think about how did it happen you're just like damn am i about to embarrass myself <laughs> you know is he about to clean me up on the song or am i about to stand a chance here you know so and then you think that way and then you're in the room and a legend is telling you listen look i wrote this these bars and what do you, what about you sing over here that itself that exchange itself is like it makes you feel like okay everything that i want is kind of possible at this moment so um Yeah, it was it was the moment where I decided that I want to I I owe it to myself and and to where I come from to push it and and to try to do better. Interesting. You mentioned not getting much respect here. There's a popular saying in the rap game, put some respect on my name. I'm going to say no All more. Tree, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> All tree, y'all. All tree. So, one final big question on that is I think it was you who mentioned in an interview once that people often talk about support artists in this region, support artists in this region, but it felt like for the longest time artists didn't sit back and think whether the art was worth supporting or whether it was good enough so now 2021 if i ask you to take let's put you in the shoes of a normal a bystander put you in my shoes what do you think where's the art reach now is it worth supporting is it worth the respect i love this question yes okay so i listened to another podcast uh called the flamingos podcast i don't want to plug another podcast on your podcast well, i don't please know do it. podcast wars oh no please do it <laughs> um but we the, all know who's better <laughs> these guys 
talk about talent, uh, local local releases or regional releases every week. And that was just an eye-opener to me. Like, every week they have something to talk about, man. That means that we have enough stuff coming out. Egypt, Morocco, Tunis, you know, Bahrain, Saudi, UAE. Uh, there's so much going on. So, man, I feel like we're finally at a place where there's all the vibes you want. You want the crazy vibes, you go to Seki Supervillain, you go to Gavi. You want the, you know, chill vibes, you might come to me. You want the the crazy vibes, you go to Omar Basad. You know, like, you just have so many artists to check on every week. So we're getting to a place where you can consume Arab-made music. At least, you know, 30, 40% of your playlist can be populated by good music out of here. So, yes, people, like... Freak, people like, uh, you know, Bonnie, like a lot of these artists that at one point I feel like didn't believe enough in their craft to put the work into it are finally like, no, this is going to happen. And the way they're moving is is inspiring younger artists. So this is the cycle we want. And I feel like we're at a much healthier place. And I'm, I just want more facilities, more shows, more... I want more money being offered to these guys. I want more people trying to come in and invest in the the, the art, you know, and try to make one of these artists the, the the next blowout act, you know? This is a place to do it because people with money watch the show. I don't want to brag about my audience, but it's only people who are loaded. I don't want any of that. <laughs> Yo, you guys, uh, I need investment for my next album. Peace. Before I move on to the final questions, I would love for you to interpret what you've built with the Lego here. What do you think that looks like? This, like the ladder, you're trying to step up, you know what I mean? Level up, level up, level up. Symbolic of your rise in UA. So that <laughs> means I can throw this shit because it clearly has <laughs> something much better right there. All right. So final questions, Mr. Moflo. What are some books, movies, people that are very strongly influenced in your life? The Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell is a crazy book. Um, I don't know if you ever read that book. Mm, it's a crazy one eye-opener movies quentin tarantino like a lot of things that tarantino makes um you know movies like you know inception corny but i i you know but it's like a lot of these you know things that mess up your mind like when you're done you're like huh seven and all those crazy movies that's the kind of stuff that inspires me and what else my mind i feel like i'm so I stop. I stop being inspired by things. I'm more inspired by the things that I live and the, and the people around me. And, and feel like I'm starting to get inspired by personal stories and 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 you know things that I can touch and feel and speak to someone about. Um, but yeah, art wise, role models. That's it. Role models. Rappers, singers. Mm. I don't know, man. Who would be my role model? Who would be someone I'm trying to be? I can't think of anyone. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I don't know enough. But my role model would just be somebody who's doing multiple things at once. Like, I know, again, don't cliche to say Jay-Z, but it's like somebody who can excel at multiple things at once. I obviously want to continue making music and excel through that. But I also want to be an entrepreneur and create businesses, concepts, different things that can last. And I want to end up having my hand in like 10 different things by the time I'm 40, you know? So... That's the kind of thing that I'm aiming at. Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Maybe with a better vocabulary. Uh, you know, ability. Why? You don't like money? I'm made of money, man. I'm made of money. Money isn't everything, man. <laughs> money is a lot, but you need to know how to speak. Floyd, money, Mayweather. 
Interesting. You mentioned Seven as one of your favorite movies. Mm. Anytime someone mentions Seven, I just remember what's in the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? The biggest question. Yeah. Mm. Every, do they talk about Seven on the Flamingos podcast? I guess not. Yeah. Step your game up. <laughs> okay. You heard the man. What would you like your legacy to be like? Um, I don't know. I definitely want to be a person who helped build things and help put things together and at least facilitated some growth for other human beings who I felt like like I, I wanted to kind of take the role that I felt was missing for me growing up like I, I would like to be that person who mentors some people helps people to get it out like of nowhere of nothing so um I would like to be a facilitator and I'd also like to make good for myself like uh, maybe a couple of zeros in the bank you know not a couple seven and, and limousine no, no, I don't want to live like flash like that. I'm always going to drive myself. I don't do, I don't, I love driving. Aham, if Aham gets rich, he will not be driving, guaranteed. If if I get big, I'm driving the Rolls Royce Which myself. car though? Uh, probably the, the Rolls or the Bentley, man. Continental GT vibes. Yeah, like Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> <laughs> Any car you choose is yeah. like Floyd Mayweather. He man. has all of them. What do I do? Except I think Nissan Tito or something. <laughs> oh, Honda Civic. I don't think he, he deals in that stuff. Uh, but yeah, facilitator, but also I want to do some things for myself and my family. But I love, I, I just love doing things like for the, for people who I feel like I can relate to. So creating concepts that last for, for artists is something that I always have a passion for, man. Yeah. You guys are definitely doing that. You, Shibani, Freak. Um, Trying, man. Big Hass, the godfather oh, yeah, the of music godfather, in the region. sure. All of you are just creating this environment for future artists within this region. I think it's become... A lot easier than it was. And I think you guys have seen the tougher part of it. Yeah. And you guys are so inclusive of it that I think it's really a, now it's become a scene that everyone wants to look forward to and anyone can feel welcome in. So hats off to you guys. Final question for you. Go for Mo it. Mo Flo, mm -mm. what do you think is the meaning of life? Wow. What is the meaning of life? Yeah, they don't ask these questions in the Flamingo podcast. Yeah, they? no, yeah. they do not, man. Yeah. Not. <laughs> these guys are funny guys. Hey. <laughs> no hate guys i don't even know <laughs> what is what is the meaning i don't know what the meaning of life is man what i know is is for me it's been chasing what i know is right versus my desires this is what my life is this is what life has been for me the meaning of it is trying to you know i feel like the meaning of life is trying to balance between what's right and what what's yours like or what you want what you want kind of thing um but at this point, I still don't know. I'm still in a place where I'm trying to discover what's going to win, you know? Do you feel like your desires right now are not the right ones that you should have in life? Um, maybe it's because of my religious uh, upbringing. Or not religious, but like my religion or, or the basis of that is like um, some things about you know, just being too sucked into life itself, wanting accolades or what da da You know, these yeah. things are not like encouraged from like being not materialistic, not caring about these things, and at the same time wanting to be, you know, comfortable. So there's like a but like life, not the meaning of life, but the journey of life has been about the struggle between you know that you know desires and 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 what's right versus you know wanting abundance and at the same time wanting simplicity, and it's just like having to balance between those. And the meaning of it is is un, un, unidentifiable for me at this moment. 
you know yeah still trying to figure it out <laughs> it's a tough question and i'm sure a lot of people go through the same so they might find comfort in the fact that when what, you are going through you can all what would be your answer to that i know nobody maybe nobody has flipped it on you and nobody asking me what yet, is the I'm meaning of <laughs> episode episode 100 100 is when you're going to tell us your meaning of life is it stay tuned man this is going to be i'm tuned i mean this is but 100 make it 50 hey you're number 25 listen, listen. okay but listen listen yeah. let's do this if if and i don't know, make it like let's make it like a little challenge you know if enough people like share this episode okay. we're going we'll cut that down by 10 episodes we'll make it at episode 90 okay and i'm keep get, we'll give them those chances if we get 100 story reshares we might have you give us the meaning of life 19 episode 99 episode 90 90 Okay. Ten, I said. What one? We're well, one share this. is one. Uh, We're gonna do all that. Even the, the, for one episode, no. Nah. Ten. <laughs> okay, let's do episode ninety. My aim is that so I get such wonderful guests like you from different fields of work, and I ask them the same question again, and again, and again. What is the meaning of life? At the end, by episode hundred, we're gonna have. What is the meaning of life? And then we know it. I like it. And flamingo podcast will just be watching. <laughs> just be watching the dust I've picked up. Yeah. I think it personally, man. <laughs> you're telling me I don't want to start beef. You're starting yeah. beef, man. <laughs> Send me a diss track. Flamingo ah, podcast. A diss podcast. A diss cast. Yeah, a diss cast. Yeah. I want to see it happen. Amazing move. And I must say, back to your meaning, it's a very powerful question. And I know a lot of people are... asking the same question themselves so the fact that you're doing it as well they have support and maybe you guys can do a meetup group 100%. and then find it together <laughs> support group yeah. i got you more thank you so much if people want to connect with you online in person listen to your music maybe accompany you on drive bys or something Ooh. where can they do so because you know how it goes down right dm me on instagram down man down jumera anter cafe baby um as like uh instagram moflo music m o h f l o w music um spotify everything else is mlh space flow listen to my music man i'm a syrian kid you know raised out here in the gcc um and yeah show some love you know Beautiful that's all we food. need <laughs> moflow music is the place to find it more thank you so much it was a pleasure talking oh to you my guy thank you for having me